Bro. Bro. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Nope. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Test. 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 <clears throat> nope. Test, nothing. Test. This is going to make the blooper no, real. No. Nope. For everybody out there, you should know that Michael's former job was Assistant Vice President of Information Technology Services and was the director of the help desk. Hello. And uh, he cannot figure out how to make Hello. his microphone work. He has lost his skills. Hello. Can you hear, you? Can you hear me? Mm -mm. Nope. Mm -mm. Oh, Got nothing. Like this. Hang on. Uh, this is working. Wait. This is all you once again. This is all okay. you. This happened okay. last time. Got this it. happened last time. For the record, Dr. Wynn, this is what happened last time. You know, I sit here thinking it's my fault, and I just go into my settings, and it was all you, bro. So you need to repent. Yep, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome to Dad Habits Die Hard. We don't have all this figured out, and we aren't experts. We're just two dads who love Jesus and our family and want to serve both well. We've done it wrong way more than we've done it right, but we're just trying to fail forward, realizing that we're leaving a legacy no matter what. Oh boy. What's up? All right. Well, you know, welcome to another episode of Dad Habits Die Hard. Uh, we've been a little uh, AWOL here for a few weeks. I think it's been about a month or so. A lot has happened in the last month. And uh, so... Maybe good to kind of start off with that and uh, what's been happening in our lives and um, how things have been going. And then if we have time, got something I want to talk about today. So who wants to start? I'll start. So I guess my craziness goes back to uh, Christmas Day. So Christmas Day, have all my folks over at the house, in-laws at the house, uh, my wife's grandparents at the house. and kind of halfway through the morning, my parents are like, Hey, we're going to leave because you know, your dad's not feeling good. Uh, he might want to go to the hospital. I'm like, what, what do you, what do you mean? What's going on? He's like, oh, I'm just feeling dizzy. And you know, and, uh, this week I haven't been feeling really good. And, you know, I was in a car wreck a few weeks ago and maybe it's a concussion. And, and I remember having a conversation with him on Wednesday of that week where he was trying to explain something to me that was wrong with his computer. And he, you know, has spent his whole life in technology and he could not explain to me what the problem was. And it didn't make any sense. And, uh, you know, so goes to the hospital, long story short, had a stroke and um, had significant blockage um, in uh, one of his arteries in the back of his brain. Uh, you know, essentially from, you know, high, high cholesterol and, and things like that. And so, yeah, I spent the next couple of days uh, with him in the hospital and, um, you know, just all that craziness. And then wife's a teacher, so her going back to school and, uh, you know, it's been crazy town. So I feel like, and then I was out of town for work. Uh, I feel like things are just kind of settling back into normal this week for me. So that's me. I was telling dad this morning, I feel like I'm finally getting back into the rhythms, right? The holidays tend to 
Gerald is up. And once again, you know, you might have perfect audio, Matt. Um, I hear the blender going off. You're welcome that I had it muted a second ago. So we, uh, I say we, I should say. My is it gone now? It's gone case. now, isn't it? It's gone now. It's not on. Yeah. So I had my heater on and at my feet because it's freezing in this house. And so the microphone's so good that it was picking up the heater. Sorry, we can't be like you. So anyway, if you hear noises or what, well, those are just monkeys running around blending things or doing life. So yeah, life's been crazy. Like I said, I think we're getting back into our rhythms. Um, I I feel like the start of the year has been rocky. We um, I lost my stepmother. Um, she'd been suffering for over 10 years with Parkinson's, uh, dementia, and lots of other health things. And so my dad um, graciously and honorably stood by her side and um, gave her the best possible care that he could. And so she uh, went home to be with the Lord. Thankfully, she's in a much better place. She's with Jesus. So she played a significant role in, in my life growing up and was my mother for a good season uh, when my mother wasn't in the picture. Um, and so incredibly thankful for her. And as we know, in case you don't know, God uses all the messy and ugly things um, to redeem and restore us to relationship with him. And so um, that was, she's one part of my story and testimony. And so uh, there's been lots of other sicknesses or I don't want to say near death, but whether it's a my grandmother or Brittany's grandmother or her mom having a blood transfusion, like just like health related stuff um, that has kicked off 2020. Four. So, um, which, you know, with all that health stuff, it makes you wonder like, hmm, I should probably take care of my body. I should probably right. exercise more. I yeah. should. And then, by the way, dad, what music do you want at your funeral? What should I write in your obituary? You know, those things that you start asking your, your parents as we get older, I probably should start planning for this. Yeah. There's a cheap place that you can buy a casket. Well, let's go ahead and just, dad, you want to go up there? We can pick out your casket if you want. <laughs> you know, just things you have to think about, you know, when you adult longer in life. I, I will say, you know, I, uh, was at your stepmom's funeral and I had, you know, never met her. Um, however, just the testimonies, I mean, gosh, what an incredible woman, you know, like it's one of those funerals where you walk away going, I want to be better. You know, I want to be mm -hmm. a better dad. I want to be a better person, you know, because, yeah. um, obviously I know that what everybody shared was the best of her. Right. But, mm -hmm. um, just, uh, an example of what a life with Jesus ends up looking like, you know? So, mm. yeah, I love it. And, uh, th those, those, uh, thank you for coming. I was, you drove a long way to come to that. So appreciate your support, but, you know, through all of this, you know, it, it makes you really see what's important in life. It's fun. It's funny how God creates and sets things up, right? You have weddings, which are super fun. You get to see two people come together that love each other and um, say vows and all that. And then you kind of look at your wife and you're like, man, this is a good reminder. Like, let's have some more sex and let's like love each other more and care for each other more. And like, this is a good reminder. And then you have funerals that are just gut punches. It's like, man, this thing goes quick. All this stuff doesn't matter. 
we should have use everything for the glory of God and, and lots of different other things. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those two little things that, you know, we all go to funerals. We generally go to uh, weddings. And so just the reminders that those little things represent each time we go to them. I don't know. Maybe that's different for you when you go to those, but I think about that. Yeah, for sure. No, super, super impactful. Anything else uh, going on with you that's of note worthiness? Yes. <clears throat> Last thing, and I'll let you share what you're going to share, is through all of this, it seeing people come in, you know, it's not, I think our culture doesn't allow us to see our um, parents or whatnot kind of see the roughness of life. I think just in general, we people don't want people seeing ugly parts of our lives, right? We want to put it up in a pretty bow, which we know is not true. But I got to see, you know, my stepmom in her last days sit there in her bed. And, you know, it's not a pretty sight seeing someone close to death. Um, and as hospice comes in and as those people come in, it, it's an uncomfortable situation. And so, you know, when we get up with uncomfortable situations in life, normally we're like, oh, get me out of here. Like, I need that. This is, I feel uncomfortable. I need to leave. Um, and so I think it's good to sit in those places for a long time and just let the Lord remind you of things. Um, and two, just to have compassion. That was a word that stuck out because the place that my stepmom was at, she had care that was there. They had, she had nurses. But she also had people that my dad had to hire um, to come in. And the difference between those two people were one of the people that my dad had to hire, they were incredibly compassionate people, which I believe is a dying art in the healthcare industry. I mean, maybe you could say rightfully so, given COVID and you know all that the workers have been through. But she those people would come in that you know we we my dad hired and they just and they were for from another country uh, i think one of them was from ethiopia but it's just really sweet to see their compassion when they came in they genuinely cared for her they loved her they changed her diaper they bathed her you know all the things that really just symbolizes what our heavenly father does for us and the compassion that he has for us and i just remember the story of lazarus and, you know, Mary's like, you got to come, hurry up. And he's just taking his time. It's like four days and he shows up and it's just a beautiful story. Uh, and I just reflect and I'm like, man, Lord, like I want to, I want to have compassion for people and not just have fake relationships or just because like you had compassion, like he wept. Like that's the verse that we know in the story where he just, he weeps. Yeah. And so compassion was one of those things I'm like man lord like i want to get better i want to grow in my compassion for for other people and like when they're feeling something or going through something i want to like be able to sit in that with them in a genuine way yeah that's really cool um you know it's it's funny that you mentioned kind of this hospice you know situation on a on a side note um, my daughter's hoping to kind of begin her nursing journey in the next year or so and kind of transition mm-hmm. into you know working in a hospital and starting her nursing classes and things like that. Um, and I don't know, like, I just always kind of assumed she would want to work like as a pediatric nurse for some reason. I don't know why, you know, maybe mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. a kid. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and I said something to her the other day and she's like, I, I don't want to work with children. And I was like, well, what do you, what do you want to do? She's like, I think I want to do hospice. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, like I would have never thought that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but just that, you know, reminder, right. That like, you know, everybody's got their thing and, and God puts things on people's heart. Now who knows, right. 
she may not become a hospice nurse. She may not become a nurse at all. Who, who knows? Right. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that like, you know, people are wired to want to serve, you know, people that are dying and um, mm. just kind of surprised me. So it takes a special person. Yeah. 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 Very special person. Yeah. hundred percent for sure. Um, I, well, I think, the, I think the, on a lighter note, uh, darker in this case is a hint. I think any of the listeners that are actually listening to this thing, they need to comment what has changed on your background. That's all that I'll say. All, all the two people that watch <laughs> this. Yeah. <laughs> my, okay. my mom already knows what I did. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> not you mom. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. Well, you know, uh, we'll probably have a little bit of an abbreviated time today because um, I can't spend the entire time. I've got several things to get to this afternoon, but um, I did want to share something. Excuse me, that's been going on um, in my heart in the last uh, few days, uh, maybe last week or so, and that is the revelation that I am a liar. <laughs> and you know, that sounds kind of funny. I know, Michael, we've we've talked about this, right? Um. So, you know, as I've mentioned before, I'm going through recovery ministry right now. I have been for the last year and, you know, consistently learning new things about myself. And as a part of that process, um, you know, you do this thing called inventory where you basically like spell out all of your ugliness, right? From your whole life, you share it with someone. Um, Well, in this particular case, um, as a part of, you know, our marriage counseling, my wife, um, requested to read it, which is fine. And, uh, honestly, like wasn't really that nervous about her reading it. Um, but as she read it, you know, it, she got really upset, um, because I, there were things that either a, I had minimized or B I had left out or C I thought I told her whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, um, I, I have a long history of not being, um, honest, right? Uh, with my wife and others. And, it, you know, she was just, you know, she said, I, I just feel like I'm mourning the fact, right, of how much you've lied to me in the last 20 years. And, you know, it just kind of blew my mind, right? And, and I started thinking about it more. And like, there's there's so many other things that I do that are stupid, or I have done that are stupid in terms of lying, right? Like, um, I tend to exaggerate a little bit to make myself look a little bit better, right? Or I tend to minimize something if I want to look a little bit better. Um, and, uh, you know, just like stupid, stupid little eyes, like, and, um, and then additionally, you know, in my relationships, um, wanting to omit things, right? Because they're hard. And so not bringing those things up, um, is another area of lying. Um, and, and I think the other part of it too is, and and this is kind of a offshoot, but connected personality wise, I I tend to be, or at least I think I am good on my feet. And, um, I don't tend to need to prepare a lot for things. You know, if I'm going to go speak somewhere, um, you know, I do some general notes, but then I kind of speak extemporaneously and, um, I tend to do better, um, in those ways. And, you know, I've, I've taught, you know, middle school to graduate school for, you know, over 10 years. And so, um, but I think that skill has um, led to me being lazy. And so, you know, I was telling my wife about this, right. And this kind of like connection between honesty and laziness and, and, um, and I said, yeah, you know, I just, 
I've never had to prepare for things, right? And she goes, I don't know that you're as good as you think you are. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? And we had been involved in a ministry together for several years. And, um, and she had a couple people come up to her and be like, Hey, did Matt prepare for that? Because y'all don't seem to be on the same page, you know? And, uh, a couple of our friends had shared with her in, in confidence that, um, they questioned my, my genuineness. Right. Um, and rightfully so. Right. Um, and, uh, I don't know, you know, like it's just this like pervasive uh, propensity to not being honest that I didn't really realize was as significant of an issue in my life as I thought I was, you know, I think that looks different for everybody, you know, but um, my guess is on some level, whether we're trying to hide hard stuff or make ourselves look more spiritual or whatever the case may be that we're probably not as genuine um, and authentic with people as we might think we're being. So thoughts on that. I think that's good. Thanks again, as always, from you sharing from the depths of your heart, you know, um, I think that will resonate with different people in different spheres. What would you say like led you Did you know that 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 was happening each time or just kind of over time, it kind of, you know, I'm sure it was hard to hear some of that, but it's like, oh yeah, I guess that's been going on for a while. I kind of just was winging it. Yeah. You know, I I do think I saw some aspects of it, right? Like uh, in terms of, you know, poor behavior on my part, either minimizing, right. Or justifying in my mind and therefore, you know, not sharing with people or being embarrassed to share with people, so I, I think I definitely over time had felt some conviction about that. And then also just started to notice, you know, like, why, why do I lie about really dumb stuff? Right? Like, for example, if someone was to say, how old's your daughter? Well, she's 16. Well, I might say 17. You know, like, stupid stuff like that, right? You know, like, what does that detail matter? But, and, and why, right? Like, does it make me seem cooler because I have older kids? Like, I don't know, you know, but I catch myself Mm -hmm. having that, you Mm -hmm. know, weird desire to do that. And, um, I guess it had just become so commonplace in my life that I, I, you know, didn't really notice it until it was, you know, being, I was being convicted by the Holy spirit and, um, and through my wife and others as well. What you've done, Matt, is you've, peeled back some of these layer of the onions that we all have. Some of us know we have the onions. Some of them, some of us like to think it's a, you know, pretty apple or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I think you've been honest and you've been willing to put in the work and to hear and to get feedback and to do the things and the work, which has allowed you to start seeing some of these things that maybe you were blind to before, right? That's a prayer for me. Like, what, what am I blind to? that I'm doing with my family or with my relationship with my wife. Like when your heart's at a place to receive it, you know, we know that just like with our kids and we talk to our kids, we know if our kids in the right place when we want to tell them something. And so I think it's the posture of the, the heart and your heart has changed and it's, it's torn off old things. And, you know, like you're, you want to, I heard a funny analogy. You'll love this because you love my funny analogies, but I can't take her through this one. Um, it has to do with fish in a pot. Yeah. It does not have to do with fish in a pot. It's, <laughs> it's, it's basically like 
hey, I made some brownies, but there's a little, just a tiny bit of poop in them. Just a tiny bit. It's just a little bit. It's fine. No one's going to want to eat that. Yeah. And so like, where's the poop in your life that you need to root out, right? We all have it. Are we aware of where it is? Are we just eating all around it? Because we know where it is. Like the Lord wants all of us, our whole heart. Yeah. And that, that brings me to my, my next point that I wanted to make, right. Is, you know, we try to compartmentalize some of us more mm-hmm. than others in, you know, to your, uh, lovely analogy there, right. We probably don't compartmentalize as well as we think we do. And, and our sin permeates every area and aspect of our life, whether we realize it or not. Right. I think Satan blinds us to that, you know, thinking, oh yeah, you've got it under control. Nobody knows, nobody can tell, you know, you can keep doing this or whatever the case may be. You would hurt people if you told them, right. I mean, you need to take this to your grave, whatever those like inside voices are telling you. Um, but I was actually trying to find it. I, it, it's hard for me to like distinguish. I'm, I'm reading through Ephesians right now, but I'm also going through my region material and I'm also going through my Bible in the year plan. So I don't remember where I read it. Right. But, you know, the general idea is, you know, the more kind of like unconfessed sin we have in our life, we're creating a distance between us and the Lord. Right. And we lose that sensitivity of the Holy Spirit to convict us. And so, you know, ultimately, I think where I'm kind of going with this my my wife and through our conversations, you know, af- after that, you know, as we're trying to put new rhythms into our life, she said, you know, I, I want a 24-hour disclosure rule, right? If if you have sinned against me, um, and um, you know, whether that is, you know, I don't know, pornography, masturbation, lying, overspending, whatever the case may be, right? Like some of those areas that we know mm-hmm. have been difficult. Um if you've, I, I want you to disclose it to me within 24 hours, right? If, if it crosses a certain threshold and if it's under that, I, I need you to confess it to an accountability man, person within 24 hours. Right. And, uh, which is great, you know, and, and I think one of the things that I'm trying to do at the end of this recovery ministry is you, you get, you get asked to kind of work the steps every day. And one of those is to take an inventory you know, kind of this fearless inventory of the things in your life, confess it to another human being and not just generally, but can confess the exact nature of your sin to someone else. And then, you know, ask for forgiveness, right? Repent and turn the other way. And, and I think if you, if you do that every day, if you kind of keep short accounts, then you're not going to allow sin to kind of build up in your life to which it's going to create a barrier um, and it's going to distance you from the Holy Spirit where you're going to lack, lack that sensitivity. And then beyond that, um, it's not going to be pooping the brownies, right? Um, and you're not, it's right. not going to permeate all of these areas of your life, un, you know, that you don't notice. Like, for example, you know, we, we, this is kind of a dad podcast, right? There's a lot of dads that struggle with anger. And, you know, something happens, outburst of anger. It shouldn't be, right? You know, like kid draws with, three-year-old draws with a crayon on the wall, right? Outburst of anger. It's a freaking three-year-old. It's just paint, yeah. right? You know, like yeah. in the grand scheme of life, it is not that big a deal. But this kind of right. like blow up, right? It's disproportionate mm-hmm. to what happened. Um, you know, as as we've learned through some, you know, counseling with my daughter, right? Anger is a secondary emotion, right? It is, it is a result of something else. And so, you know, if, if you're a dad out there and you're struggling with anger and you're blowing up, right? Focusing on anger isn't, isn't the right path. It's 
what else is deeper in your life, right? Do you have unconfessed sin? Are there things that you've not repented from that you've got to go, you know, make amends with someone else? Um, you know, have you not done the hard work of, of allowing the Lord to examine the anxious and, you know, like places in your life, right? Whatever the case may be. Um, I think if we're going to be good dads and we're going to be good husbands and we're going to be good fathers and we're going to be good leaders, then we have to keep short accounts. Um, otherwise, you know, those negative things are going to spill over into other people in the way that we respond and react and tell the truth and whatever the case may be. And that happens enough times without confession, we totally lose sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and it snowballs until you reach a point where, um, like in my case, right, totally blow up your life. Um, and, you know, yeah, that was a lot of talking. So in summary, folks, uh, I'm going to read scripture because that's always the best. James 5.16 says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So may we confess our sins to one another. And as you go about your week, your day, may the Lord be with you and he guide you. And may you keep short accounts and no poop in the brownies. And be fearless. Trust the Lord. It may be scary to admit certain things, and there may be some things that you need to uh, speak with someone prior to about how to reveal those things. It may be wise to have those conversations in front of a counselor, whatever the case may be. You know, I'm, I'm certainly not saying to just go vomit on whomever, right, whenever, um, but be courageous and don't share 99% just to take the edge off and the pressure off, right? And leave the 2%. The 2% will eat you alive and it will keep you from experiencing life abundant. And so my challenge to you is um, to ask the Lord to give you courage to share the whole thing, whatever that looks like, whenever that looks like, to whomever, you know, that should be shared with. So mm. awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Um Thanks for finally getting on and uh, resolving your technical difficulties. Uh, yeah, it was me. I'm an idiot. Um, but we will uh, see you next week. All right. All right, man. Bye, bud. See you, buddy. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Dad Habits Die Hard podcast. Help us out by following us and rating us on iTunes. And you can also find the video version of this podcast on YouTube. You can find the link in the show notes. Be sure to subscribe and hit the notifications bell to never miss an episode.